0: Good morning, Digital Cathedral family, glad you're with me again on this Sunday morning. Hope you had a great week. You're ready for an awesome Sunday morning, and we're going to try to send you off into the week, this coming week that's in front of us, all pumped up and ready to go, right? Just one one quick thing before we get into the teaching this morning, those of you that are part of the Don Keithley ministry page on Facebook, this coming Wednesday night, which is, what, three days from now, we're going to begin a book study. Never done this before on The Secret Place. If you're not a member of the the Don Keithley Ministry page, that's not my personal page. I have a personal page, but there's also a Don Keithley Ministry page. If you're part of social media, if you're on Facebook, if you'll just go to the search bar type in Don Keithley Ministries. If you're not a member, it'll take you over there. It's a private group so you have to be accepted in, I'll accept you in, and then this Wednesday we're going to begin a book study on religion busters. This is a book that I wrote, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, and uh, it's really sold a lot of copies. I've been pleasantly surprised. And in this book we take a lot of religious doctrines and we bust them. Uh, I learned that phrase from, you're busted, I learned that phrase from my grandson. I did. I had no idea what it meant, but what it meant was you've been caught, (laughs) you've been snared. And so we're going to go through 12, 13, 14 doctrines that we all cut our teeth on, but we're going to catch religion and they're going to be busted. So I want to invite you, a special invitation for all of you that are here at the Digital Cathedral to join me Wednesday night. You can get the book on Amazon. Now, if you've got the old edition, it's a it's a total blue cover. I don't have a copy handy. It's not going to work because when we redid the book we condensed and we took about 70 pages out of it to bring it down to this one. This is this is a fighting weight right here, it's about 170 pages. So if you've got the old edition, I want you to get the new one because we're going to go through this kind of page for page. As I said, I've never done this before on uh, Facebook Live. I used to go through book studies when I was pastoring in a building, but I haven't done it. So I don't know how it's going to come out right off the bat, I'm going to try to work a way out where you can ask questions and we can converse about it. So pick this book up and join me Wednesday night over at The Secret Place on Don Keithley ministry page and we're going to begin a book study on religion busters. All right, this morning I want to begin over in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. We've just come through a a pretty heavy-duty series on immortality and I realized I plowed up some new ground, maybe stirred the pot a little bit, um, inspired you to do some thinking about areas maybe you'd never thought before. And so now that we're done with that <clears throat> and we're into the new year, this is the last Sunday of February, I have I have a real prompting. I have an urge right now and it comes on me every so often and when it does, I yield to it. I have a prompting, I have an urging right now that I want to come become very practical for three or four weeks, very down to earth. I want to get where the rubber meets the road. And so I, I feel like there's several things that the Father is speaking to us that you would say, I already know this, but we're going to, he's going to take it down another level. You're going to see some things with clarity and maybe with additional revelation that you've never seen before. So this is where we're going to go for the next couple, three weeks. I don't know, maybe three, four weeks, and I'm going to lay some things out that you may know, but you're not. Go- you're going to be surprised when the Spirit of Truth begins to speak to you about expanding what you think that you know about this. I'd like to start in Acts chapter one this morning. This is right after the resurrection of Jesus, and he was spending 40 days with his disciples. I think Jesus felt the same thing that I'm feeling this morning after his resurrection. And it starts like this. I'm, I'm just going to read first three verses. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up, and he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So let me just set the stage for you. Jesus is resurrected. He has the apostles assembled, and now he's speaking to them, things that I'm sure he's already taught, but he's bringing clarity. He's bringing a new understanding to it and to the men that he had chosen. He also presented himself alive by his suffering, by many infallible truths being seen by them for 40 days. Now here's the part I really wanted to get to. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, that was the message of Jesus. The entire message of Jesus was the kingdom. He was a, he was a kingdom guy, kingdom teacher. He brought full revelation about the kingdom, what the king kingdom involved. I think this last 40 days, I'd have loved to have had a, had a, a book or some kind of um, you know, YouTube videos on what that 40 days looked like that he talked to the disciples. Well, that, that's a heck of a seminar to last for 40 days and it says that he just spoke to them concerning the things of the kingdom. Now, I, I, My guess is this. I can't prove it. My guess is this. This is just before he was going to ascend. So my guess is that Jesus was going over some things that he had taught them for three and a half years. He was going over some fundamentals. Do you know you can never get too good at fundamentals that when some of the things i'm going to give you over the next three four weeks are going to be what i would call fundamentals that are being built into us as we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ and we need to go over these fundamentals it's like um major league baseball players are going to be in spring training so i think the pitchers and catchers have already reported and actually the first game I think is going to be televised, first spring training game is today. Now what these, these major league baseball players, making millions of dollars, what they're doing in spring training is going over many of the same drills, many of the same practices that they did in Little League. Uh, if you're a pitcher, you're gonna when you were in Little League you learned how to cover first base. I was fortunate. I played I played baseball through little league, pony league, high school, and I played baseball in college. And I can tell you, I, I was a pitcher. I can tell you that a lot of the things I practiced in college were the same things I did in little league. As a pitcher, I learned how to cover first base. I learned I learned um, different pitches, how to throw a curveball, perfecting it. I, I, I'm not going to go through all the fundamentals, but basically in in baseball, there's there's five real basic tools that a good baseball player has to have. <clears throat> he has to hit, number one, hit with power. He has to learn how to run, throw, and catch. Now, that's, it's unusual that a baseball player has five tools, that he can hit, hit with power, run, throw, and catch. Right? Sometimes these are natural abilities. For running, if you don't have natural speed, you're going to develop a little bit, but not, not a lot. But these other, other skills, you can develop. The Major League Baseball player is developing the skills that he had in Little League. Now let me just bring that over to you and I today as we walk out the kingdom. We're in the process, going through fundamentals, learning how to do what we know, how to do it better, how to, how to, be, more, um, um, how to be more adept at it. We're going through a process that ultimately is going to bring us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, what will that look like? Here's what I think it's going to look like. Here's how we're going to know when we are beginning to function on that level. We're going to function like Jesus did in two dimensions. Jesus walked on earth, but he also brought the dimension of heaven to earth. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. I think Jesus learned the fundamentals the first 30 years of his life in how to function in heaven on earth. There are some things that the Father had to build into him and there are things that the Father's building into us and bringing clarity to it, bringing in emphasis to. And I'm going to go through 8, 10, 12 things that I see he's he's building into me with clarity. And I learned a long time ago as a, as a teacher as a pastor that when God when God fusses with me I fuss with you. When when he's teaching me something I teach you something. He's teaching me with the purpose of of teaching you. So there are things that we think we have a handle on that the spirit of truth is going to bring a brighter light to is going to shine on it and what you think you know he's going to bring to your understanding some things that you don't know in the area of what you think you know. I hope I'm being clear right there. What I'm trying to say in a nutshell is this. The Spirit of Truth is active in our lives. He never lets up. He continually perfects the work that he started within us. What does the scripture say? Faithful is he who began a good work, he will also complete it. Now, let me give you a couple of verses of scripture on this to kind of highlight what I mean. Ephesians chapter 2. One of my favorite scriptures, you probably can tell because I read it once in a while because I think it, it sets such vision and it, it's really what we're talking about this morning. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7, All right, he's developing in you to a greater degree, higher level, lower level, however you want to, taking you deeper, taking I don't care how you phrase it, he's bringing some additional understanding and revelation and truth to what you think you already know, like this. Ephesians chapter 2, 7. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's a process right there of of bringing to us his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, a level of understanding to show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. It's gonna take the ages to come to weave through that process. I just wanted to point that out to you so that you don't feel like, man, I understand grace. I got all there is. No, you don't. I understand the finished work, everything that he finished. No, you don't. I I understand everything that I need to do to manifest as a son of God. No, you don't. You have some fundamentals down. And what he wants to do is to now bring in expansion to our understanding of the fundamentals. He's got an end game in mind. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 3. Next chapter over, Ephesians chapter 3, and let me just read verse 17. We've got a lot of ground to cover this morning. Paul says, and this is a prayer that Paul is praying for the, the saints at Ephesus. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. It takes time. It takes greater understanding to be rooted and grounded in something. So he says, here's what I want you rooted and grounded in. I want you rooted and grounded in love So that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So he's saying, look, there's a greater height, greater depth, greater width, greater length to this love of God that he wants to bring you into an understanding of. And here's the end game. Here's the target. So that you may be filled. This is mind-blowing. So that you may be filled with the fullness of God, that you may be filled with the, with the fullness of God. In those two scriptures, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7, and over there in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, there's tons of room to expand. I think that you can see that. Tons of, we're, we are in a process. That's my message this morning. Trust the process. The spirit of truth is bringing process to us. So we need to be comfortable in resting in that, in relaxing in it, and let the process work through us. Now it's not a process that's gonna come, that's gonna unwind because you're working hard at it, you're praying more, reading your Bible more. It's not by works, it's by grace. Everything that he gives us is by gifting, it's by grace. Uh, it, it's, it's as he desires, as he wills, as the time is right. And it becomes it becomes miraculous. Let me go, let me go to an Old Testament scripture. I, I just want to really make sure I'm nailing this down this morning. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 43, you're going to go to the Old Testament for a verse this morning. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19 says, behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? So you're going to know, you're going to know it. And when i when I hit these things, I think they're going to resonate with you. And you're going to say, you know what? I understand that a little bit, but I sure could use some more clarification. There's still some mystery in it that I'm not, I'm not catching all of it. I, I, need some, I need some additional understanding. So I want you to be flexible. Keep your, your, your mind open, your heart open. Let the spirit of truth unwind for you this new thing. He says, here's what's going to happen. He said, you're going to know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Those are miraculous things. They are not natural happening. There's n- naturally not a road in the wilderness. A so wilderness is all trees, it's brush, it's undergrowth. He said, I'm going to come through, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make a road there. Having a, a river in the desert is absolutely not normal. He said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And you're, you're part of it, your part of it is that first word, behold. Behold, watch it. Catch it. Don't get in the way of it. Let him, let him begin to do the work through his process within you. So I want to, I want to hit some things today about what I think the Father is, is going to be talking to us about and what he's going to be taking us to a new place in our understanding. Now, body of Christ, the last few years have been phenomenal. We have gotten more revelation. They've been eye-opening. I have seen more things the last few years than I've ever seen in my whole life. Now it's time to build on those. Now it's time to let them go deeper. It's time to let the foundation become firm. So when you look at verse 19, what you see is grace at work. As I said just a minute ago, it's not a natural happening to have a road in a wilderness or a stream in the desert. It puts the impossible. It brings illumination and an understanding and a seeing of only what he can do himself apart from our works and effort. It's a total grace happening. Roads in the wilderness, streams in the desert are totally a grace happening. All, it's all of God's dealings. It has nothing to do with us. Everything he gives to us comes by grace, comes by favor, comes by gifting, and it all emanates from him to us apart from our works. All right, So your part in verse 19 as i said is that first word behold it means you watch it don't get in the way but be a conduit you know let him let him use you in the process of putting that road into wilderness in your community in your world let let him make you the stream in the desert are are you with me so revelation through grace is going to is going to headline our journey from this point forward and so for verse 19 to work I just want to throw this in there I'm just going to drop it and leave it for that 19th verse to work of Isaiah chapter 43 where he says I'm going to do a new thing it's going to spring forth you're going to know it I'm going to put roads in the wilderness I want to put streams in the desert and then he says in verse 18 here's how he sets it up here's how he sets it up do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Right? So he's saying if he's if we're gonna enter into this new thing, if we're gonna to come to another place, then we have to forget what, what has been behind the good things and the bad things. You're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to sit on a shelf. Let me say it like this. You're gonna to have to set on your on a shelf present revelation as we move forward because we're gonna see new revelation. So things that I, I I said, well, this is how it works, and this I've got this down. You're going to have to set that aside so that he can do the new thing. Paul said it like this, Keithly paraphrase. He Paul said, I release all of my yesterdays. I release all my yester the good yesterdays, the bad yesterdays, everything that I thought I knew yesterday. I let it go so that I can reach forth to that which is in front of me. Thing is this, you can't reach forward if you're still reaching backward. To reach forward, you've got to release what is back there. So I want to share with you some things that that on some level you're going to have to release so that you can grasp what it is that he wants to say to you now. I'm going to get. I'm going to give you, like I said, 8, 10, 12 things. I'm going to do it until I feel this lifting that I've hit the fundamentals that he, he really wants to emphasize for us. Things that you're going to be hearing, not just here at the Digital Cathedral, But from all different directions all different directions each of these i could probably do a whole teaching on but for now i just want to highlight and prepare you and say get ready get ready get ready stay on your toes because the spirit of truth is going to be unwinding some things for you that in the past you haven't understood fully right now i'm gonna this is what this is my my wheelhouse right here i i am built to teach systematically methodically and practically you've probably noticed that so i'm going to get into some things i'm going to do it systematically methodically and very practically so that you can grab onto it so here by grace is a little bit of a of a foresight that i want you prepared for we're in february of 2023 i want you prepared for the rest of this year and maybe even into next year, some things that he's going to divulge that you have not seen before. So let me just emphasize it again. Don't get cemented into what you believe. Let it be fluid. Let it be flexible. Uh, The minute that you become unmovable is when you become religious. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. He's always pointing to Jesus. Remember what Jesus said over in John chapter 16, verse 12 through 15? He said, I got a lot of things to tell you guys, but you can't you're you you can not receive it. You're not ready for it. And so what what the Spirit of Truth is going to be revealing to us in the months ahead in somewhat familiar areas, just as I'm sure in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus spent 40 days talking to them about the kingdom. He was running over some, some, some familiar things, but he was cementing them in because he knew he was leaving. And he was saying, guys, this is important. I, I, Above everything else, I want you to remember this. And he was taking them to that place where they needed to be. Jesus said, I got a lot of things to tell you, but you can't receive me yet. However, When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you into all truth because he's not going to speak about himself. He's going to point to me. And in fact, Jesus said, long about that, verse 13 or 14, he said, everything that the Father has is mine. Therefore, the spirit of truth is going to take of what I have, he's going to give it to you. In effect, he's saying, the spirit of truth is going to take everything that the Father has and deposit it into you through Jesus. Jesus is... We always look to Jesus. Jesus always pointed to the Father. Holy Spirit always pointed to Jesus. Jesus didn't speak of himself, he glorified the Father. Holy Spirit does not speak of himself, he always points and gives the credit to Jesus, right? So there's a flow to this, there's a flow to it. So where where are we going? Let me get, I, I think I'm gonna have time, let me look. Yeah, I think I have time maybe to hit three things this morning, again. That I want you to not be shocked or surprised or be taken off guard when the Spirit of Truth begins to expand your understanding and revelation on these things. So next three, four weeks, whatever, until I feel released and we need to move on, I want to hit some things. All right, here's the number one thing. These are not in priority, just the way that I I felt to to deliver them, the way they came to me. Number one, here's what, the whole, here's what the spirit truth is going to begin to take you down to another level in understanding and practice. Number one, you're going to hear the Father through the Son in the Spirit for yourself more clearly and accurately than you've ever heard before. This is one of those areas where people ask me all the time, how do you hear God? How do you know it's not your own mind? Right? So you you've gotten some idea that he wants to speak to you right? You've got some idea that he wants to communicate to you. And if we've learned anything over the last few months, if, if I've tried to deliver anything to you, it's been the need to hear for yourself, to discern for yourself, to see when something resonates within. And don't get hung up on what other people say, this is the word of the Lord. This is what God is saying to you, right? Don't get hung up on that. Don't I think sometimes we put more confidence in what other people say than what we are hearing for ourselves. And that's got to shift. There needs to be a boldness and a confidence in what you're hearing for you to know this is the way, this is the path, I want you to walk in it. So this is going to eliminate some things. This is going to eliminate people that chase all over the country to get a word from God. You don't have to chase around the country to get a word from God. You have every capability of anybody else to hear for yourself. You know, we've been so groomed to trust other people, and then we get disappointed when others claim, thus saith the Lord, doesn't work out to be a thus saith the Lord. Now there's room in my life to hear other people say, thus saith the Lord. What comes to my life and my journey and my understanding, I'm accountable to me for that. I'm accountable to hear for myself. I, I need to develop my hearing ears so that I can hear. And the cycle that many have lived to run to people, to get a word, it doesn't work out, they're disappointed. I can't tell you the number of hours I have spent counseling people over the years because they heard something from somebody else that pointed to them, said, this is what God is saying to you, and this is, a, this is a word to you from the Lord, and it doesn't work out, and they come and they say, I, I don't understand, I tried to keep it, did I mess up, get under all kinds of guilt and condemnation. You can just eliminate all that by hearing for yourself. A real apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher will mature you. Listen to me. They will mature you and wean you off of them. We've had way too much dependency built into people. And there's a whole lot of entanglements for, for that. I hope if you ever hear anything from my heart, it's that you do, do not receive anything just because I say it or I teach it. You need to dig it out for yourself. Right? Jesus said, I, I probably need to read it for you. Jesus said in John chapter 10, Let me back it up here to John. John chapter 10. This is is good. John chapter 10 and verse 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice. People say, I don't hear the voice of God. Jesus said his sheep hear his voice. Well, I don't hear God for myself. He said his sheep hear his voice. He said his sheep hear his voice. So just grab onto that. If you're having trouble with it, you know you know sheep are supposed to hear the voice of the shepherd, he said, and they follow me, they follow me, they follow me based on the voice that they're hearing. You say, well, what if I what if I mess up? What if I make a mistake? That's where the spirit of truth comes in, and the spirit of truth is like a GPS. He will bring you right back on target, put you right back on the path. He'll say, two hundred feet, make a make a U-turn, and we'll bring you right back on the route. Verse twenty-eight. <clears throat> And the sheep that hear my voice and follow me, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. You want to become snatch-proof? <laughs> then learn how to hear for yourself, right? That's that's a powerful, powerful word right there. Then in Ephesians chapter 4, I, I kind of let the cat out of the bag. I quoted a little bit of this just a minute ago, but l- l- let me show you what we're supposed to be doing Uh in Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven, here we go. And Jesus gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Now, what I want to when I want to drive home in this little passage is, it's the job of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to mature the body of Christ for the work of ministry. Now there's a lot of controversy I don't you know whether these are still supposed to be functioning I think personally there's a place for the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher but it should be transitory in maturing and developing the here notice let me just read the whole thing without stopping he gave son to be apostles prophets evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry Not to to be tied to the apostle or the prophet. Not that you have to be covered by them or send them your tithe. See, that's all garbage that has been espoused in days gone by, and it has made spiritual pygmies out of the body of Christ. We've hit that that level and we've gone no further. And it's because these guys, in my humble opinion, have failed to complete their job for the work of the ministry. The saints are to be equipped for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, of the stature, the fullness of Christ. I want you to see there, it's their job to wing you off of them and bring you into maturity. And anytime there's an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher that is not maturing you, that is not bringing you into maturity, um, progressively, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, I'd get the heck out of Dodge. I would not sit under something like that. I just wouldn't. You're you're not obligated to that. So now is a time when he's going to help you to begin to trust his presence. Trust his word that he's speaking to you. See, if, if you miss it again, if you miss it in the spirit, and I know people that do not respond to what they sense within because they're afraid they're going to miss it. Again, if you miss it, the spirit of truth, it's his job, bring you right back on course. Over the next months through this year, I want you to be ready. And it's, it, listen, this is by grace. You're not going to try to force in or push in or strain your ears to hear. This is a work of grace. And you're going to find yourself all of a sudden perceiving, understanding, hearing directly for yourself. And I want to say more about that. I'm just going to recap these three when I close this morning. My right, second of all is this. You're going to notice in your life a greater detachment from the systems of the world. A greater detachment from the systems of the world. And I, Isaiah, this this could have been written for today. Isaiah chapter 60. Let me just read the first four verses of Isaiah 60. And I, I think this, I went to the Old Testament, I think I'm going to use three passages from Isaiah this morning because it just illustrates what, I'm, what I feel that the Father wants me to communicate today. Greater detachment from the systems of the world. Systems of the world is, a, is what has worn you down, em, robbed you emotionally, drained you of energy and strength. It's, it's taken you out of time that you should have been prioritizing, seeking first the kingdom. Watch what he says. He said, Arise, shine, for your light has come. I say to you this morning, your light has come. You're the light of the world. Jesus said he was the light of the world. Then he, passed, he plugged you in to the same wattage and said, You're the light of the world. Arise, shine, your light has come. You need to recognize that. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. There it is. In gross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise on you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see that all gather together, they come to you your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. He's that's a that's that's a passage of detachment. That's a passage of don't get involved in the darkness. It's Jesus taught us to be aware of our world. I'm all about awareness. What's going on? I want to know what's going on, but I I don't get sucked into it emotionally. Now, if you. I know I'm talking to people that live in different countries in America but in America we've had a real temptation to get sucked in to political system, debate. Uh, uh, Sometimes it's been conspiracy theory, sometimes it's been absolute truth but it's tried to pull us in and suck us in and, and, and the weight of it drags us down and hinders us. So what he's talking about in Isaiah chapter 60 becomes diffused, the light becomes dim. This is where we're to put our emphasis. When when Jesus prayed in in John chapter 17, John chapter 17, let me me just run you through a couple passages of scripture because, man, I I feel the anointing on this one. I, I really did the last one too about being able to hear for yourself, but this one really grips me because I think it's happening worldwide and I think it's a ploy to get us focused on what we don't need to be focused on. I didn't say don't be aware. I didn't say don't have an interest. But I'm saying there's an emotional line that you have to draw that you do not step over. John chapter 17 verse 15. He said, I don't pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil that is in the world. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. He said, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus didn't say we, we should be totally detached, but he said emotionally, you've got to draw that line. There, you're not of the world. You're of another place and of another kingdom, and that's where we need to place our priority. Chapter 18, verse 36, same book, John, he says, Jesus answered, For my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. Remember, in all these things I'm gonna mention over the next several weeks, he's, he's fine tuning us through this process that we might walk in two dimensions at one time. You're never gonna walk in two dimensions at one time if you're only focused on the earth. Then in Matthew chapter six, in verse 33 he lays the priority down he says this is what my 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 people this is what my sons this is what my daughters need to emphasize this is where their focus needs to be seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you then he says in verse 34 he he, he bellies right up to 33 and he says therefore don't worry about tomorrow That's what a lot of this is about is what we're worried about tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? He said, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So he's saying, you know, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now, listen to me very carefully. I want you to get this. The further that we move into the kingdom, the less we depend on the government. The more we move into the kingdom, the less we depend on man-made systems to be our source. Are you with me? You can expect him to cut things out, (laughs) all right? Cut things out of your life as you seek first the kingdom, as you seek what is above and leave what is below, and you move into those things. I'll tell you right now, your priorities are gonna change. When When you detach, from the systems of the world, your priorities change. Your interests shift. I got interest in things that's going on in the world, but that's not where the the concentration of my focus is. Not only will things be detached from you, things will be added to you without the sweat, without the, the places you know, that you are trying to push into. In fact, they'll come from places that you least expect or never knew before. You're attached to the source of source. That's the Father. You're not just given a checkbook, you're given the bank. You're you're attached to Him. We need to come out of some of these things. Systems that have limited you. The systems of the world have limited you. So he's bringing you out of that. He's, he's cutting those, those cords, those bonds, those bondages off of you. And he's saying, why are, why are you grafted into those? Don't you know I said in Luke one thirty seven that all things are possible with God? Didn't I tell you in Philippians 4.13 that you can do all things through Christ who actually strengthens you? See, that's where the focus is. That's where our kingdom is. That's where our long suit is. All right. let me give you one more. One more, number three, he's going to connect you with like minded, with like spirited sons and daughters around the world. Social media has been a blessing in so many areas in doing that. If you'd have told me 15 years ago that I would be speaking to people in Africa and Australia and in Europe, South America, uh, by sitting here in my study in, in my house, I would have never believed it. And yet I have made some attachments with people. Through through Global Grace Seminary, through the Digital Cathedral, through the secret place, through Facebook friends, I have become attached to a lot of people. And you have too. There's he's networking a spirit joining from around the world. It's just points of light. I just see it as points of light. You're a point of light here. And now he's begin, he's connecting those points of light. Isaiah chapter 9. Let me, let me just read this. This will be the last reference I make to Isaiah this morning, I promise you. I've probably used the, the, the Old Testament more this morning than I have in months. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7. Here, here's how he's... Here's what he communicated to me this week as I was preparing this. 9 7. He said, Of the increase of his government in peace, there will be no end. And he's, he's connecting us as the government increases, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it. Now, by connecting us together from all over, from all the different states in the United States, I think. I I have not really looked, but I would dare say that every state of the union is represented at the, between the digital cathedral and the secret place. We're touching every state of the union. And he said, watch, watch what he says here in that seventh verse to order it and establish it. He's ordering and establishing his kingdom and he's doing it internationally. From this time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of the host, he will perform this. So the, the kingdom is not a visible flesh organization. It's a living organism of which you are attached. This living organism, he is attaching us one to another. And in the months and the days that are ahead, I want you to be very aware. I want you to be very sensitive. When you get a Facebook friend request, be sensitive. See, that's where number one, you need to hear clearly for yourself. There, I have missed it on some. Some have sent me a, a, a request. Well, I'm, I am I, can't, I'm I'm at my limit now. I have to come over to Don Keithley Ministries to get more than the 5,000. I stayed the 5,000 limit on the friend, but the Don Keithley Ministries is, you can be unlimited numbers. But I've, I've missed it in days gone by when I was developing in this, Because I would go over and look at the person's profile and say, well, I don't, you know, I don't see any connection there. And then I found out that those people were following me closely, listening to the teaching. And I, I miss it because I wasn't hearing right. Okay. I was still connected in my mind. I wasn't listening from the right place. He's connecting us one to another. People that recognize each other by spirit. Have you got that? By spirit. Not not by like theology, not by a like belief system, not by religious rules. That's what the church house is built on. The church, essentially, that gathers under a building is a pooling of people that have like beliefs and like theology. And when you no longer fit that mold, you're kicked to the curb. Isn't that true? Some Some of you, that's happened to you. This sounds strange, I know, but a connection by spirit to those that you've never even met in person. I'm very connected to a lot of you. I've never shaken your head. We've never been to a seminar together. Do, do, do you know why? It's Again, because the church is built around doctrines. He's He is building his church, his ecclesia. And it's by spirit. It's not around like beliefs or like theology. All of us believe a little bit different. So he's connecting you. Now let me just say something a little further on these three real quick before my time is up. These are three things right here that I, I think, I hope resonate with you because they resonate with me. And in this place and time, I feel very, very strongly that he wants to speak with clarity to us for ourselves. Doesn't mean I don't listen to people. Doesn't mean I exclude myself out of the conversation. But when it comes push to shove, I'm responsible to hear from me and he's helping me. He's going to bring clarity to his voice that we have. His sheep hear his voice. He's detaching us out of this world systems so that we can begin to function, begin to get a vision to function in two dimensions at one time. To do that, he's got to detach some things. And number three, we're going to understand this fellowship that he's building worldwide, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So those are three things right there that are, are going to continually undergo a deepening and a broadening. It's. I, These things I'm talking about over the next couple, three weeks, they're the fundamentals. They're the the hitting, the power hitting, the running, throwing, and catching. Right? They're the fundamentals, the foundations that you will continue to increase in your abilities and your proficiency. So for many of us, it's a matter of being conscious and aware of what the Father is working within us. He's moving us out of head knowledge, head perceptions and and he's bringing an agreement that the good way to live is out of spirit. So there's going to be some shifts. I just I'm I'm telling you right now there's going to be some shifts in those three. For example the first one since we're learning that God does not speak to us from out there someplace. He's already, I hope, I hope he's already impressed on you that when he speaks, he speaks from within. When you're talking with him or praying, the go-to place is within. Now, some of you still may be trying to catch a voice from out there, an audible voice. You're not going to get an audible voice. Here's how he's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you through impressions, promptings, intuitions, through your conscience. Those are the ways that he can speak. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've never heard a voice booming out of heaven saying, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. But i tell you what, I'm honing down on my intuition and my understanding and the impressions and the promptings. You're gonna know the voice of the good shepherd. He's sharpening your discerning. He's sharpening your ability to hear that. And then listen, look me in the eye. Once you hear it, listen, Look me in the eye. Once you hear it, you respond without question. You respond without question. All right, let me just take you down another quick level. In number two, detachment from the world systems. You're going to find that as you detach, you're going to have more emotional energy. Getting involved in political debates, getting involved... (sighs) and all the stuff that's going on in the world not only costs you a lot of time, it costs you a lot of energy and frustration. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm frustrated, it's hard for me to hear spirit. I'm, I'm Man, I'm in that soul realm then. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, he was separating as a top priority, the kingdom from every other kingdom that is on the planet. So what I'm encouraging you to do is to get your focus also on the kingdom. Again, he said, I don't pray you take them out of the world. He said, I pray that you keep them from the evil that is in the world, keep them from the evil one that is in the world that would try to slow them down, try to impede them, try to drain them of their time, their energy, their focus. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't let anything in the world pull you off of that. The more you detach. Now here's another thing you're going to find. The more you detach, you're going to find that you have less interest. There's just something about the the gibbily goop that goes on in the world. When you're drawn into that thing, you're pulled into it. It it, it takes all of your interest. As you detach from it you're going to find you have less interest and it's going to have a lot less pull on you and you're going to have clarity of thinking, you're going to have clarity of spirit that you weren't experiencing when you were totally pulled in. All right, number three when he connects you to like-minded spirited people around the world, sons and daughters that think like you do. I see that attachment growing by leaps and bounds globally. But now here's something I want to make you aware of. For you to have made that connection, many of you, he had to take you out of the church. Because if you had not been taken out of the church, this is why I know he took me out of the church and pa- I could have still been pastoring today. I got the energy. I got you know I I could still be doing it easily. He took me out of that because if I would have remained, I would have remained cloistered. To that group of people that met within four walls which was a relatively small number compared to the thousands that I'm attached to today between my friends and followers. I think it's about 10,000 people right now. And so for you he had to pull you out of that to get you connected, to get your part into the puzzle as to where he wanted to fit you. But now listen to me carefully. Now that he has done that, don't be surprised. If he doesn't bring you to a group of people locally, not gathering around theology, beliefs, the old system, he's, he's a creative God, he's going to do some creative things to begin to attach us locally, because I absolutely know that communion face to face and fellowship face to face is a vital part of this development and the expression of the kingdom. Up to this point, he had to remove us out of that religious system to begin to show us and to build our confidence that we weren't crazy. That there's people in Africa and Australia that believe in just like I see it. That we have connected to. And it's, it's a work of the spirit. It's not that we, be, we are agreement in every little tit for tat theological perspective. I know that. I know we're not because I'm in visiting with people. But there's a, there's a camaraderie of spirit, there's, a, there's a, a unity of the faith, that's what it is. A unity of the faith, not a unity of theology or belief, but a unity of the faith. We, we're seeking the same goals, we're seeking the same priorities, and he's drawing us together. So, I, I just want to challenge you this morning. Keep thinking globally, but don't be shut off locally. I'm not telling you to go back to the Baptist church. Don't go back. To, I'm not telling you to go back to charismatic church. I'm not telling you to get involved in a religious system again. What I am saying is, don't be surprised if you start meeting with two, three people at Starbucks for a cup of coffee, or you start meeting with some folks for breakfast and fellowship. If that doesn't lead into them inviting other people, maybe you meet in a house. I don't know. There's no overhead expense to meeting in a house. And you just begin to share like-minded ideas and you begin to draw together. And there's a strength that comes from meeting locally. I know that. So I'm just saying, don't be shut off to it. He's going to continue, he's going to continue globally to connect. But now that we've globally connected and we're, we know what it looks like, to be connected to others. He's going to begin to pool people locally. And that's one reason we have a directory at the Don Keithley Ministry page is so that you can find if there are other people in your city or in your area that are connected to the bigger picture that now are ready to be connected even on a a local basis. Amen? All right. These are three good things. We're going to pick, pick this up next week. Continue on with it. Let me remind you, Wednesday night, we're beginning our book study let me just reach over here and get it on religion busters if you don't have a copy yet get it come over to don keithley ministries we meet at 6 p.m central this wednesday we're going to start the book study it's going to be good i'm excited i'm really jacked up about it first time we've done something like this on the secret place on Wednesday night. If you if you're not a member of Don Keithley Ministries, you're a subscriber to this channel. Then you you're evidently liking what we do. Come over to that that Facebook page and join us. I'll accept you in. It's a private group. I kept it private because we're we're not about to be trolled. We're not about to be uh, debated and shouted at. That that's it's a safe place to grow, to express your ideas and opinions and questions. in in liberty without feeling like you're going to get bushwhacked. You understand what I'm saying? So this Wednesday we're doing something absolutely different. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'll tell you what, it's going to take more than a couple of months because there's a lot in here. And not only are we going to bust religion, we're going to bring the solution from the spirit that will kryptonite or neutralize everything that religion needs to be busted over. So see you Wednesday night, book study, Go over to Amazon and order, it looks just like this. If you've got the blue one, which was the first edition, set it aside, spend 11 bucks, come on, and get the book. So when we say go to page 17, we'll all be on the same page. See you Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Central, secret place, back next Sunday morning for the Digital Cathedral. God bless you guys. Thank you for everything you do. I mean, you guys have been stepping up big time in so many different areas and just encouraging, and I I, I appreciate it very much. We'll see, our podcasts are really up to date. If you want a podcast, we're on podcasts now, right up to date. All right, God bless. I gotta get off of here. 52 minutes and 14 seconds is long enough. See you next time. If this teaching resonates with you, and you would like to partner with us in our expanding efforts to take this message of grace and union around the world, you may make a donation at donkeithley.com. We thank you for your continued support and encouragement.